Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Welcome to All Saints Day. (laughs) Wonderful to have you all here. Our collect reads, Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Give us grace so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living. So if I were to say the word church, what is the image that immediately springs to mind? You know, when you're learning a language, um, the best way to learn a language is to learn it by images of what the word means rather than try and translate from the language that's familiar to you. So um, if I were just to say the word church, what immediately springs to mind? Is it this building? Is it the chapel? Is it the, uh, the entire grounds here? Um, I've heard it um, said to me, I think the church should, and, and oftentimes by that it, it means um, I think the staff should, and sometimes more particularly I think the rector should. Um, but clearly the rector's not the church, and neither is the staff the church. Um, sometimes we think, when we think church, we think uh, the Episcopal Church, the Baptist Church, the Roman Catholic Church, the Presbyterian Church, you name it. And uh, there we've confused the word denomination with church. So what is church? Well, the collect and scripture are quite clear that the church is actually one communion and fellowship knit together in the mystical body of Jesus Christ our Lord. And we enter into this communion and fellowship through the waters of baptism. Through baptism, we get to be incorporated into the church, which is the mystical body of Christ. So here's the mind stretcher for you. And in fact, our minds can't ever go this far um, because we're talking about mystery. But we are the mystical body of Christ. Christ feeds us in his body and blood in the sacrament. Remember, he says, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, you have no life within you. He says, this is my, this is my body, this is my blood. And he is seated at God's right hand on high. He has ascended. And so all of those things are true. So we are the mystical body of Christ. Christ is in us, we learn in Scripture. We are in Christ. And, uh, and, and so the, this is mystery. But Scripture is quite plain on this. We enter into this fellowship, this communion, church, through baptism and through Christ. 
In Christ you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. And because it's All Saints Day, and it's one of the four days on the church's calendar, which is normally set aside for baptisms in the church here, uh, we don't have any today, but we will uh, go through again our baptismal vows. Those that were either made for us when we were babies or we made ourselves as adults. And if you remember services of baptism, what happens there at the very beginning, before anything, is, is that three renunciations are made. We renounce evil. We renounce cosmic evil. We renounce earthly evil. And we renounce personal evil. The evil that resides within us because we are fallen human beings and we have the sin of Adam within us. So we renounce all evil. And then we turn and we make three affirmations. So we make three renunciations to the darkness pushing back against the darkness, but we can't do it on our own. And so then we turn and make three affirmations that Jesus is the Savior, that he is the truth, that he is the way, he is the life, and we pledge obedience to him. So we turn against evil and towards light and life. And then we make these vows, we go through the Apostles' Creed, we're asked the questions, do we believe, do we believe, do we believe? And then, okay, if you believe, will you promise to? So, renouncing evil, affirming goodness, affirming Christ, rehearsing through the story of our salvation in the Apostles' Creed and then saying, okay, all of that being true, we will now live our lives in a different way and this is the way in which we will live our lives. And we'll go through that in a little bit. But that's how we get in. Through the waters of baptism, we take on Christ's humanity. That's a very different humanity, the one we're born with. We take on the humanity of the man from heaven. So heaven comes to earth in Jesus Christ. Because what is heaven? Yeah. Heaven is where God reigns. It's where God is. There's, there's no place that we go to that is separate from where God is. So, where God is, heaven is. And the Son of God came from heaven to earth, bringing heaven with him. And starting heaven's reign, or God's reign, the two can almost be synonymous because there is no heaven without God being there. And so where God is, his rule is. Heaven's rule, God's rule, his kingdom reign. That's where he is. And in baptism, we are incorporated into the life of Christ. 
Our old humanity, that old Adamic life, the life of Adam, the sinful life is impaled on that cross with Christ. Our sins are nailed to the cross. And so in effect, our humanity is nailed to the cross with those nails that are pounded into Jesus' hands and feet. We are nailed with him to that cross, but we don't feel that pain because he took it on for us. And so when he died, we died. We died to the old humanity. We died, our sinful, fleshly nature died through the waters of baptism. You can really see this in full immersion. You go under the waters, died with Christ, and then raised with Christ. And through that, we receive Christ's Christ's humanity that is sinless humanity. We take that in ourselves. And through this mystery, this fellowship with Christ, we become church. We are church. Paul says to the Ephesians, God has put all things under Christ's feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We become Christ's body in some mysterious, mystical, divine way, knit together. You and I, all of us together, Christ's body here on earth. But not just us, All of the saints who have gone before are still connected in this one communion, in this one fellowship, in this one body. Those who are living here and those who are living now in the presence of Christ. There is no division. We are still united in this one fellowship. We are those of whom Daniel writes are the holy ones of the Most High who receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. Now, you know, I know you know, uh, but I just say it anyway, we're not holy because of anything we do. Right, we're, we're holy because we were nailed to the cross with Christ and we died with Christ and we were raised when he was raised when the power of God raised him from the dead and so we receive his holiness we receive the sinless humanity of Christ do we still sin? yes, we live in a fallen world but have we been changed? Absolutely. Are we how we will be? No, but we will be like Christ. We will be. Because heaven already resides within us. Scripture says, you are the temple of God. 
If heaven is God's abode and we are the temple of God, then a bit of heaven resides in us because we are God's temple. He sends his Holy Spirit to live in us. Not, not just so that we can feel good and say, okay, I'm saved and now I'm going to heaven. No. Because the kingdom reign, God's kingdom ways are now within us because God is within us Now, we can cramp God out because he's given us the free will to do so. His spirit still resides within us. It's how much we cooperate with his spirit who resides in us. We're given strength for the journey in many different ways. We are never more close to those who have entered into the nearer presence of God than in this sacrament. We are never closer to those who are now in the nearer presence of God than in this sacrament. Because God's hand passes through the veil and feeds us with himself. This is my body. This is my blood, says Jesus. And he feeds us with himself. And already at that banquet are all the saints who have already entered into glory, who are already feasting with Christ. So in your spiritual eyes, can you see this? Long time after we're all in the presence of God, in the nearer presence of God, there's a cruciform shape here. Coming down this aisle, long after we are with God, there will be those who come, who are set apart, who have been made holy, who will come after us down this aisle to this altar rail. And we who are living now, as you wrap around this altar rail to receive Christ, you are the saints knit together here. See, you are joined in this sacrament together, fed with it in his body and blood, sustained for the pilgrimage. And so there are those who are coming after us who we don't yet see, There are those of us who are now living, who are knit together here. And here, we go to the throne room of God, to those who come with God, who have gone before. So in this place, we are so connected with all the saints, all the saints of God. I want you to see that as you come forward, this cruciform shape of the Eucharist, as we come forward, this knit-together body of Christ. But as I said, heaven, God doesn't come in and bring his kingdom rule within us just so that we can sit back on our haunches and say, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven when I die. No, there's a work to be done. 
And it's an upside-down work that's to be done. Look at the Gospel. Naturally, do we do this? Bless those who curse us? Pray for those who abuse us? Love our enemies? Do good to those who hate us? That's an upside-down world. We don't do that naturally. But God resides in us to bring this upside-down world from us into the world. And in actual fact, it brings the world the right side up. Because these are God's ways. So these are the right side up ways. We live in an upside down way. But God writes it. But he does it through us. Because heaven resides in us. He dwells in us. His kingdom ways and his rule are within us to go out. But it, it requires our will. It requires a discipline. It means that every single time we have a choice to make, we choose for God's ways, against what is natural. But we choose and we choose, and like any kind of discipline, like sports or what, it finally becomes second nature to us. So that when the big decisions come, Second nature takes over and it becomes natural for us. But how do we do that? Not by rules that are pushed onto us from the outside, because Scripture says we're transformed from the inside out by the power of God that dwells within us. Paul says this I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. See, that's a journey, isn't it? As you come to know him. We don't know him fully. We get to know him. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe? According to the working of his great power. And then he goes on, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Do you know that's available to each and every one of us? God's power. Not so that we can push other people down, but so that his ways, his right-side-up way of living, of God's reign, of God's rule, will come forth from us. We've got to get into the power, though. We've got to allow God's power full reign within our lives. We can push it to one side. We can say, I'm going to do it my way. But it's not God's way. And he's come so that heaven comes to earth through us. Yeah, we pray that, don't we? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
heaven's ways are already within us because God resides in us through his Holy Spirit and prompts us where we should go in his ways. Small choices over and over and over again. Through baptism, we have communion and fellowship with all the saints. We're incorporated into Christ's body, the church, and through Eucharist, we are fed for the journey. And we're knit together with those who have gone before. And because he lives in us, God's rule, his heavenly reign, is available to us, to extend from us through the working of his power. But the fullness of that rule, the fullness of God's reign, will not come until Christ returns. See, his reign has already come into the world with Christ. But there's a time coming when those who are already in the nearer presence of Christ and those who are living will be together in Christ at his return. Because this is the promise in Revelation, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. If heaven is where God reigns, If heaven is where God is, it's God's place. And we hear in Revelation that we will no longer need the sun by day or the stars by night because God's light will be all in all. It will infuse this earth. Nothing that we do here, nothing that we do in heaven's ways will be lost. Because when he makes all things new, that which we have done will be shown to us as a crown of glory for how we have cooperated with heaven's ways, with God's ways. And when he comes, no more death, no more suffering. He will wipe away every tear from every eye. And this All of creation will be made new. And heaven will come to earth. We will truly and fully be the holy ones of the Most High who receive the fullness of the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever and ever for in Christ this is the inheritance that we have obtained in the name of God Father Son and Holy Spirit Amen